You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, germs, kids of all ages. This is Locked On Texans Podcast. Of course, you know that you are already tuned in. Well, you know you can find us on Spotify, Megaphone, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I am John, some sports guy Hickman, across from me. Guys, you know who I did this show with. Cody Davis, and happy Friday, everyone. The weekend is finally here. Yeah, after that um, unexpected Pop up shop rain that dropped. What was yeah, that? I don't know, man. I just <sighs> this, you, Houston, Houston for you. Houston is a place where outsiders they may complain. Why did I move here? If it wasn't for my job, I'll go back. But true Houstonians or people who've been here for a couple of days, we just up oh, there it goes. It's happening again. Oh, the rain's passing. I think it's waving at me. And it's gone. <laughs> And I'm wet, and I didn't bring my umbrella, but I'll be okay because it'll be hot in 10 minutes. It'll, mm-hmm. it'll dry off. It'll not dry off. It'll dry off. The game is Sunday. Since today is Friday, that means the weekend is here, and that means week five of the NFL season is here. Woo! Your beloved Houston Texans Woo! will be facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. And, John, I hate to say this, but this is Atlanta's head. first time in Houston since the blown 28-3 loss in the Super Bowl. It's about to be the same thing. You know You know what, Cody? I hope they go up. I'm not going to say big, but I hope they go into the fourth quarter with a lead. <laughs> Why would you want to put them through that again? In Houston on top of that. I don't care. Get them out of here. And I hope Deshaun has one of those. Oh, my gosh. He's going to be the MVP of the league one day games. You know how it is. Fourth quarters uh, that we saw against the Saints or the Chargers his entire game. Put on one of those performances and get him out of here. Well, Put, maybe he will. Send him back will. to Waffle House. Maybe he will. He said growing up, like me and probably everybody else, he was a big Michael Vick fan. And he is extremely excited to play against the Atlanta Falcons for the first time in his career. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But, but John... I, I know we we I know we're gonna talk about the rumors, the possibility of Bill O'Brien losing his job. Goodness. And gracious. of course, in the second half of the show, we're gonna talk about um just the game itself. But John, since we're talking about Michael Vick and we're talking about Deshaun Watson. Watson said he grew up a huge Michael Vick fan, like we all, especially me. Do you believe Deshaun Watson is trying to be too much like Vic? And that no. is the call. No, no. Listen, listen no. to what I'm saying. He, yes, he's a mobile quarterback. But I kind of feel like because Vic used to do the same thing. There was a lot of times where Vic could have let go the ball a hell of a lot sooner. I'm talking about Atlanta Vic. I'm not talking about Philly and Jets and that awful Pittsburgh Vic. But at the end of Vic the day, was in Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah, so he only played like two games, and he had one co- crazy comeback. I forgot who it was against, and that was basically it. And after oh that, gosh, he retired. But at the end of the day, like when I take a look at Deshaun Watson games, he has the same tendencies that Michael Vick has. He is a quarterback who's mobile, who can run just like Vick. And not only that, it's the same problems. Like Vick had a hard time trying to give up the ball, just like Deshaun Watson. Uh, I, I definitely don't. The thing about Deshaun is he's a, a way better pocket passer, 
I think it's a better quarterback. Uh, I can see some similarities. Better quarterback than who? I can see some. Better quarterback than who? I can see some similarities where um, there's times where he'll hold the ball and he's looking and he can take off. But he doesn't take off nearly as much as Victor. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the tendencies that he has is similar to Michael Vick, and this is a guy who picked up the good Vick and the bad Vick. It's to put this in respect. Nah, I can't really say that because they are damn near carbon copies. But you take a look at Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. The tendencies that Kobe has. Is the same tendencies Jordan had, both good and bad. No, now, granted, Watson and Brian, they 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 put their own flavor to it. And I do agree with you. Deshaun Watson is a great pocket passer. Vic didn't become a great pocket passer until he went to Philadelphia. But just take a look at everything that Michael Vick struggled with, everything Vic sells in. And you take a look at Deshaun Watson, what he, what he has provided this city the last three years, and you tell me. He doesn't remind you of it. No, I'm not going with that. Oh, my God. I'm not going John. with that. I do want to go with Blinkist, where you can get unlimited access to read and listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on. You guys already know how to spell locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't see that. I really don't. That's just me. Um, but I hope he does have a, you know, I would love a Vic performance Sunday. I just want the Falcons to lose pretty bad. So <laughs> that's just me today. Oh, this is how I feel on Fridays. Uh, we all agree to disagree. I mean, maybe that's something we could ask the listeners on Twitter. We definitely but... have a Q and a, got some questions that need to be answered for the listeners on fan Fridays. Getting back to those. Let's not forget that this Sunday, Bob McNair will be introduced and inducted into the ring of hall of fame. Ring of Honor, rather, uh, and I think with everything that has transpired uh, since he, you know, was awarded the Texans back in '98, they broke ground in 2000 at their first game against the Dallas Cowboys in 2002. That won they won, that by game. the way. Uh, everything that has transpired from then all the way up to to his passing, you know, Bob and the McNair family, Janice, the son, they deserve this moment. And nothing will take away, in my eyes, what Bob was able to do um, for the community. You know, everything he did for the community is charity work. So that is going to happen Sunday. Yes, this is going to be um, something great to see. John, you're going to be at the game, man. And just make sure you take a lot of pictures, hold back the tears, and, I'm you know, sure just, just appreciate the moment. You know, not just from a, from a Texans fan, but just appreciate the moment for just being an original Houstonian like you are. Um, but at the end of the I'm day, sure I won't cry. Uh, well, you never know. You know, I don't know if you're that guy, but if you see people around you getting emotional, you don't you don't get emotional. No, I kind of look at them weird. Wow. Well, if anything, well, you know for sure that's going to happen on Sunday. Well, we not for sure that's going to happen on Sunday, even though we do have a good idea of what should happen, and that's the Texans winning. Now, I'm not one to call for people jobs. But if the Houston Texans find some kind of way to blow this game, do you or do you not believe there's going to be some changes happening in that front office, starting with the head coach? Let me tell you. Oh, Lord. Well, Cody, there's so much that I can't wait to get to the actual preview of the game. 
during this show, but there are so many reasons why. Uh, if we look at the game against the Panthers where, you know, we felt like that was a winnable game, and it was, but, you know, it happened how it happened. If we looked at that game and said, well, that was a game that could, you know, you, you warm Bill O'Brien's seat, you put it in the oven a little bit. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the game that really gets it hot. Mm. This is um, the game where you turn from warm to 350. Yes. Yeah, no, from 350 to 425. Mm, so it's already hot. It's, it's, a little, it's a little hot. And uh, there's so many reasons why, which I'll get to later on in the show. But I don't believe this is the game for him to fumble the bag on. Mm-hmm. Not after um, one week people are picking your quarterback to be an MVP. People are picking you to go to the Super Bowl. Your, your defense, which was one of the areas – and aspects of this team where that was more up in the air than anything else. Am I right? We didn't know how, especially with Jadavian gone and you make those trades and you really didn't get anything anything back in, in return for him. The defense was up in the air. You had an old Jonathan Joseph. You had a young Lonnie Johnson Jr. You had a Roby. You had an Aaron Coven, which we got rid of him after the Saints game. But your defense has been balling. Outside of one game, your run game has been between 120 and 150 on the ground per game. And so you have the talent there. This division is up for grabs. Everybody's sitting at two and two. Andrew Luck just called it quits a few a few weeks back to start the season. This is the game where you go up against a one and three Atlanta Falcons. You don't pull this dub off, then I do believe you're gonna go from 350 to 425. Real quick. And it's gonna it's gonna be like a, a good chicken breast where you really want to cook it at a good temperature so you don't dry it out. You want it juicy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna cut it up real hot where you get burnt out. This is one of those games. You you know, and sadly, John, I do agree with you. I mean, John, you know me. You and I, we have been covering the Texans for quite a bit of time now. Um, you take remember in our last podcast, the last show that we had, the rundown report. I've always been a Bill O'Brien supporter. Me too. But too. it's coming to a point where, even though I'm still his supporter and I and I and I want to see him succeed, I'm stuck in a rock in a hard place because I'm starting to believe it's time to move on from Bill O'Brien. But I'm also in a situation where, I mean, this is a guy who we we've seen him do more with less. Yeah, we you have, know, but and that's no longer an excuse for me. I, 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 I understand that, John. Let me tell you why I believe. Bill O'Brien is at right now. He's stuck in a rock and a hard place too. I think with the talent, with what you've done, and the fact that you haven't made it past the first round, except for that one year where you played that Oakland Raider team that didn't have anybody mm-hmm. in the wild card. Um, I, I I would compare Bill O'Brien right now when I look at record, when I look at mistakes he's made, when I look at how. You know, the, the 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 difficulties the offense has had under him and everything. About, I look at Bill O'Brien, I see our in-state rival. I see Jason Garrett. I think Bill O'Brien is a slightly better coach than Jason Garrett. Uh, if, if I'm looking at yards and measurements, I would give him 10 feet from, from him and Jason Garrett because I've seen him go to the playoffs with a Brock Osweiler, with, you know, uh, a, a, a Brian Hoyer, things of that nature. And I get that. And you get so much credit for that. But what you have now, the talent you have now, there's there's no more excuses. Hmm. Sometimes teams get to a place where Cody, they're just they can't get past that wall. Yeah. With what or who they have, 
And I'm looking at this team. It's not what you have. And I'm not calling them the players what as their objects uh, because these are all grown men. But it's not what you have on that roster. It's, it's who you have on their coaching staff. Yeah. So that is where I'm concerned with this team. And that's a, a big reason why, because I do like Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, he can be very snappy at times. He can he can be he can he can be an a-hole, you know. But I like him. I think he is a guy that can rally troops from anywhere. And that's what you need from a head coach. But the 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 reality of it is that sometimes it's just time. Yeah, yeah. And and then another situation I'm in. Who in the world can the Texans hire? And that's funny because that's been like a hot topic in Houston <laughs> over the last couple of days. If you take a look at coaches who are about to be fired, like Jay Gruden, do you want Jay Gruden here coaching the Houston Texans? Oh no! So oh no! <laughs> so who is there left that they can get? Let me tell you something. I don't think because of how well this franchise has been ran in this entire in this entirety, uh, outside of Brian Gain and a couple other things with Nick Casario and. You know, when Cal first started stepping in his shoes, this this franchise has normally been ran professional. You know, mm-hmm. wait, you know, we'll, we'll let you go at the end of the year, stuff like that. Um, honestly, with this offense capability that from what I'm seeing and the firepower that could be behind it, I don't think they go to another NFL coach. I think they go knocking on Lincoln Riley's door mm. out of OU. Lincoln Riley possibly will have three years back-to-back-to-back where I have a Heisman coming out of my program. In two years in a row, I have the number one pick, number one quarterback coming out. I am a a QB guru. I'm an offensive guru. Give me some money. Let's talk. I agree with you to a certain extent, but, I mean, at the end of the day, that might not be the situation to go because not only will he be stepping into an NFL coaching job, he will be stepping into a situation where he's coaching some of the top talents that his league has to offer. And they might not respond to him in the same way as college players would. Well, I'll tell you what, before we you know, kind of move along and talk about the Falcons preview, which I can't wait to talk about, I'll tell you what, we just saw Sean McVay go to the Super Bowl last year. We saw Kyle Shanahan out of Atlanta. He, he, he was he's young. He's in in, in San Fran. Uh, we saw Cliff Kingsbury, who for some reason he's been classified under Sean McVay's uh, coaching tree. I think they're too young for a coaching tree right now, but that's just me. But we are seeing younger coaches getting opportunities, um, and and coaches that are coming into situations where this is their first time head coaching, even if you've been running NFL for a while. So. The first thing you would have to do is prove that I need to be here. And if you're a team like the Texans with these these many offensive weapons, what's the one thing you can do to, to prove it? I know how to use them. So uh, that's just me. But we'll see. We will we'll see. see. You know, guys, I definitely can't wait to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and preview what I see from that team and why I believe that Houston Texans can beat them. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, right now, me and John are recording this on a Thursday night, which means we are actually watching the Los Angeles Rams take on the Seattle Seahawks. Now, John, we do play against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. And I got to ask this question. Who do you believe had the worst Super Bowl loss? The Seahawks or the Falcons? 
No doubt the Falcons. I don't know. I'm no gonna, doubt it's the, the Seahawks. I say the Seahawks because it is. You was on what? The two-yard line. You threw an interception, and that loss literally disintegrated the whole entire team. I do believe if the Seahawks would have won that championship, they would have ran this league similar to the way the Warriors ran the NBA the last few years. That team the was... The Atlanta Falcons was up. It don't matter, but they still had time, and you still... Well, and you still had... The fourth quarter. But you were at the two-yard line, and you threw an interception. I believe that is a little bit more hurtful. All you got to do is go one, two, you're there. Let me tell you, but the Falcons, you, you still had time, and, and then you had Brady on the other side. Let me tell you another reason why I think it's Atlanta. Not only were you up 28-3, Atlanta fans, the prematurity of trash talk the Atlanta Falcons fans did was one of those moments where if you wasn't there, and you just didn't experience it. There were people calling me, calling me all kinds of names that my mother never would call me in my <laughs> life. The Lord didn't make those names for me. Talking all kind of trash, telling me, and these are people I've been knowing for years, my friends and family, telling me if I don't send them their money, I might be coming up disappearing. And slowly <laughs> but surely, the rooms were getting quieter and quieter. And not only was it getting quieter from people who just wanted to see the Falcons beat the Patriots or just see the Patriots lose, the room was getting more awkward because I was giving stares <laughs> that you would not believe. And when it happened, oh, my goodness. All I know is that night I believed in my hearts of hearts. There's no more doubt that Tom Brady is the GOAT. Of all time. And that as a Saints fan, I really enjoyed Watching the Falcons lose, like I would enjoy watching them lose against my second favorite team, against this the Houston Sunday, Texans. And I, let me tell you why I believe this will happen. First and foremost, I want to let you guys know that Kenny Stills, he was limited in practice. Greg Mance is still out. I don't I don't think we're going to see Mance. Mm-hmm. I think Kenny Stills is going to be a game-time decision. I highly doubt we're going to see Kenny, too. Yeah, it, it, it may happen. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. I would like to see him on the field. But if if not, Cody, this is a game where we need to see Kiki step it up. Oh, yes, most definitely. We definitely and need to see Kiki step it up. To be honest, I don't believe that we haven't seen Kiki. This is the first time Kiki's going to be in this situation this season. Because you take a look at the, 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 the past four games, you look at the wide receiver core, it goes Hopkins, Fuller, Steels, then Kiki. So right. this is the... In, I wouldn't necessarily say last week's game he had an opportunity because I'm pretty sure mentally he wasn't prepared to play that play the amount of minutes as he did. Right. Well, well, well what was what did Uncle Ben say? With great power comes great responsibility. With great opportunity and time comes great expectations. And so this is and on. this is and this will be Kiki's opportunity to prove to the team and the city, hey, I'm 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 still relevant. And Deshaun Watson did talk about getting his secret weapon going. This is one of those games. Uh, But let me tell you guys why I think the Houston Texans can win this game. And honestly, I think they can run away with it. The Atlanta Falcons defense. Let me give you guys some numbers. On the year, four games so far. Going to be five going into the season, going to the game Sunday. But thus far, four games. They've allowed 438 yards, period. They've allowed 109 rushing yards per game. I want to give you guys two quick points. Now, when we played the Chargers, when the offensive line was playing 
uh, above their head when it came to pass blocking. The run game didn't look too good. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those games where Deshaun Washington excelled. So if that's an outcome, and if Deshaun excels, well, you know your team is going to be in the game. But here's why I love that stat and that number. If we get this run game going, which I believe we will, we are a team uh, excluding that Chargers game. What did we do against the Saints? How great did we run against the Jaguars? Look what we just did the last game. This team can really run the ball. And it's not one guy doing it. It's not like we're beating our guys down. Carlos how to come in and give you 60 to 70 yards. Duke Johnson to come in and make some happen. We know Deshaun Watson is going to come in and do something with his legs. We can run this damn ball. And Atlanta is not built to stop that run right now. And then look at those games against Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. 111 yards, two touchdowns to Dalvin Cook. 100 yards to Derrick Henry. They have allowed some big games when it came to rushing. I think this is the perfect game to feed Carlos Hyde. Feed him and don't stop. Because the more we can run Carlos Hyde, this defense, which is already not a good defense, oh, they will get confused. Do we come up in the box? Do we play back? What do we do? And the moment that happens, guess what we have in that backfield? d ready to let it go. That's the aspect of this Atlanta team that I'm looking at. Also, they are allowing 51% on third down. That means either I'm getting it one drive and I'm not getting it the next or whatever. This team is allowing way too many third downs. And this is a team that Houston, Texas, excluding the last game where we struck a little bit. At one point in the season outside of last game, we were at 50% on third downs. We were shooting 50% from the field. And this team only has five sacks. Do you know why I love to hear that? Because in the last game, how many sacks did we give up, Cody? Six. In the game before that, we gave up two against the Chargers. That was one of the best games we have seen from the offensive line who has been playing very well since that same game. But we have seen two games this year where we allowed six sacks. We've seen a game with four. They've only gotten five on the season. That should mean, uh, you should love to hear that. <laughs> they don't have the pass rushers like Jacksonville or the Saints or the Chargers. I'm going to predict. Here's a bold prediction. The Falcons only get one sack this game. The Houston Texans only give up one sack this game. That's a very bold prediction. But the reason why I'm saying that is because they don't have an elite pass rusher. Grady Jarrett has been dealing with injuries and issues. We went up against the Chargers, who has Bosa and Ingram, and held that team to two sacks. And you can make a case, one was still on DW4. So hearing that they only have five sacks on the season, hearing that they have, they, they, they're a team, they have a defense that has been allowing 51% on third downs. And hearing how bad their run defense is, Cody, that just screams bells to me. I, I, I love it. Listeners, you should love it. Texas fans, you should love it. Because this is a game, this is the reason why we brought in Carlos Hyde. This is the reason why we got Duke Johnson. We can feed our backfield. Duke Johnson is averaging almost six yards per carry this season. Now, granted, it's not a lot, but he's doing his thing, Cody. I'm glad that you mentioned the offense because, John, I truly believe that it's going to be the Texans' defense to help carry them to a win on Sunday. Because 
the Texans have their issues with the offensive line, but as you alluded to, it's getting better. It's getting, it's getting better. a hell of a lot better. And this is a team that's not known for getting sacks. Atlanta, on the other hand, I don't know what the hell happened to their offensive line, especially this season, but Matt Ryan has already been sacked 10 times. Boom. Only in the first four games. They had a six-sack game. They had a six-sack game a couple weeks ago. Now, John, there's a guy, your, your favorite player right now, contract season, boom, goes by the name of who? Merciless. What has he been known for just for this year alone? I can tell you right now, he has five sacks and four forced, forced fumbles. And then there's another guy on, on, the other, on the other side of him. He's already has built a Hall of Fame career. What is his name? Give me his not not his nickname, not not his not 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 the the J period J. What his grandma? What, what his grandma called him? Justin James Watt. You don't don't forget the man in the middle. D J Reader. So these three guys that weak offensive line. Do you think that Atlanta's offense gonna have any chance of finding their mojo in Houston? I'm gonna be upset. If they don't get at least, what's a realistic number? Four sacks. Uh, four sacks. And within those four, I want every single one. Reader, Watts, and Merciless. I want at least one sack from every single one of them. There's no way in hell Matt Ryan should find his mojo in Houston. I remember when we did the crossover show. I said Atlanta has the weapons. They still got Ryan. You still got Julio Jones. They have the talent to still flip their season around. But because of that weak-ass offensive line, it bet not happen in Houston. I see you got passionate about it just now. Be- because, like, I'm so sick and tired of the Texans. Play- like, they have the talent. They definitely have the talent. Like, this team, even against my beloved Saints, they could easily be 3-1 and one right now. But instead, they're sitting at 2-2. Two and two, and it's time for them to turn up in Houston. It's frustrating. We haven't had a good home game. It's been a while. I don't even count that bogus of a game against Jacksonville that was in Houston because that was just a 12 to 10. Poor. They need to turn up in Houston. And I do believe that it's going to be the defense that leads them to a victory. Guys, let me give you some more numbers before we get out of here. And also, don't forget, we have the Q&A we're going to do. But let me give you some more numbers. This is why I believe this Houston Texan team will beat this team. The Atlanta Falcons has 40 offensive drives to their opponent's 39. They're being outscored right now. You have one up on your opponents on offensive drives. You have the ball more than your people, the people your plan does. You're getting outscored. I don't trust that. Something else. 20% of drives in in turnovers. I don't trust that. While opponents, only 5% of their drives end in turnovers. So this is a game I'm looking at, the balance of the game. There's so much that's going on with this Atlanta Falcons team and defense, offense, the whole nine. 20% of your drives, you're giving up a turnover. You're you're not getting, you're giving up. Only 5% of your opponents is only the same position. Look at the same boat. We're sinking because of you right now. You guys have 20% of your drives in it in turnovers. On top of that, 
Opponents are 60% in the zone that matters the most, <laughs> the red zone. So they're going down there, and they're scoring. Last but not least, start a position on the field. Opponents are starting on the 33-yard line, while the Falcons are starting on the 22nd-yard line. They've already turned the ball over eight times. It is done. My prediction, 35-17. Ooh. I'm going there. Nah. I'm going there. Nah, I don't even think they get 17. It'd be a disappointment if they get 17. You know I'm what I going got? There. You know what I got? They still got Julio Jones, by mm-hmm. the way. So I I've given them 17 points. But I give them a point. I'm saying 31 5 35-1. I'm saying 35 to 7. 35-7. Okay. Texans. We just got so hyped. We was, we were so ready. We're ready for this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking to 35-17. That may be a, a stretch, but I'm sticking to it. Thank you guys for listening to us today. Friday. You know, it's Friday. You want to go out, get a beer with your people, have some fun, relax. We appreciate it. You know who else appreciates it too? My bookie. My bookie appreciates it. Why? Because, well, they're just the best in the biz. You guys at your job, you work hard, you're the best at what you do. My bookie is the best at what they do. And that's why you need to bet with them. Right now, my bookie will match your deposit. They'll double the deposit, whatever you put down. Go to mybookie.ag. Again, that is mybookie.ag. Today, you play, you win, you get paid. That's about to happen on on Sunday. They're going to play the game. They're going to win the game. After the game, Watson, Hopkins, Hyde, White, they're going to get their game checks. It's kind of like my bookie. And hopefully this week they deserve their money, unlike last week. Ah, man. Q&A. Fan Q&A. Listener Q&A. Whatever you want to call it. Fan Fridays. You know, we like to have fun with the fans. Listeners. I hate, I hate calling people fans, but listeners. Texans mock draft tweets us. Thomas Welly. Tom. Thomas, you have to get back on the show, man. We miss Tom. you. Tom, he tweeted, when do we... As hashtag Texas fans start putting some of the blame on DW4 for the sack numbers rather than crucify the offensive line or head coach for that matter. I'm glad you you mentioned that. <laughs> well, there was one, one bad one. What did he do to, to Titus Howard? Did you see that play? Oh my he gosh. like ran through his arm and Howard yeah. just... <laughs> he just fell. I said, what the hell? But I'm glad Thomas brought that up because uh, his interesting stat... The pass blocking that they do uh, for the entire NFL, out of 32 teams, of course, the Houston Texans came in at eight. It's 60% right now at pass blocking. And you don't want to beat teams like the Broncos, who are at 36%. Also, uh, outside of the rest of the line, which I don't think they're struggling too much, Thomas and listeners out there, Larry Tunsil has really shown that everything we gave up the house, it was worth it. After week one, Tunsil's 86 pass block grade over the past three weeks is third among offensive tackles. He's doing his job. Uh, and we've we've been critical of Deshaun getting rid of the ball more, being a, a, a very huge part of those sack numbers. Uh, so that's that's something that we talked about all the time. And I'm, and I'm glad other people are seeing it as well. Give the big guys up front some credit. <laughs> Another question. The electrifying phenom. I love this guy, actually. He tweets us all the time. He's a fun listener. 
Well, I never heard you guys talk about the XFL team yet, the Roughnecks. Maybe you can give your thoughts on the XFL. I work for a team called the Houston Sabercats. It's Houston's new professional rugby team. And uh, right now, I kind of believe there's going to be a lot of beef between the Roughnecks and the Sabercats. John, I don't know about you, but they're about to drop their schedule. We already looked at it, and they played them near the same time as us. Ah. So that's why we don't talk about that. We're not giving them no kind of airplay. If there's any other team that we're going to give airplay to, it's my beloved Houston Sabercats. Uh, he also Sorry. asks, is the city of Houston more confident in the Astros and the Rockets than they are the Texans? I think that's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. Mattress Matt just put, was it, <laughs> that's a no brainer, man. on the Astros? Like, honestly, if the Astros win this 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 championship series, they're, they're going to be in the midst of creating a dynasty. I cover the Houston Rockets. There are so many questions and concerns regarding that team adding Russell Westbrook. It's not even funny. It's to the point, every time you ask Dan, Tony, Harding, or Westbrook, you know, how are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with the offense? You know what they say? We're just going to let rest. Not, not, not even that. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Okay. Media day last week, that's, we're going to figure it we'll out. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure it out. It. That's what we do. we figure it out. Shout out to the Astros, man. You know, they actually start their playoff series tomorrow, and they play against the Tampa Bay Rays. Shout out to Astros, man. Yeah, I got them going back to the World Series. I'm just mad I'm not on a cruise this time for the possibility of seeing them uh, beat a team while I'm on water. Uh, last question. Can their defense regarding the Houston Texans show signs of improvement, or is it time for a new D.C. defensive coordinator and maybe some player personnel? Wesley Williams asked this question. Uh, you know, Wesley, I'm going to be honest with you. This defense has been really playing outside, lights out outside of the Saints game where you just played Drew Brees before he got hurt. And you actually win that game if it wasn't for one guy who's no longer on the roster. So, um, you hold the Panthers to 10 points after they put up all those points against the Arizona Cardinals the following week. You go to uh, L.A., you beat the Chargers, and, you, and you, you play a way better defensive game than they do. And then you actually win the game against the Jaguars because of your defense. Um I don't have no problem with the defense right now. You are the one that, Cody, changed my mind on that. Uh, the defense is playing good. Thankfully, I just hope I can change my cousin's mind because every single day he texts me talking about giving the secondary too much credit. But, hey, what right. do I know? I think they're doing pretty good right now. That was our Q&A for today. Hopefully, we get a little bit more next Friday. Uh, and I love just fooling around with the friends, uh, with the fans. Uh, some sports guy, that's me. You can find me on Twitter. At some sports guy with two Y's, I am John, some sports guy Hickman, and across from me, my man. Cody Davis, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Word of the wise, what do we have for him? It could be worse. You could be a Atlanta Falcon fan. And I'm sure you're happy you're not an Atlanta Falcon fan. Until next time, guys, Locked On Texas Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.